I told him, I said, I wanted him to proofread it to tell me what he thought about it. I didn't tell him to change the title. But it's a good title. So far, that's the whole book. <laughs> but uh, you never can. Take your Bibles, go to Luke, Luke chapter 19. We're getting ready to come up on Resurrection Sunday. Sunday's a, not this Sunday, but the next one. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's a great, I don't know about you, but Andrew was praying. It's, it's a great, 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 great time. For us, uh, this world may be falling apart, and that's exactly what the Lord said. If you believe your Bible at all, you, that's what he says. Uh, Luke 19, 30, a couple verses here, and uh, Jesus says this, saying, go ye into the village over against, talking about them going to go get the donkey, say uh, against you, in the which uh, at your entering in, entering, ye shall find a colt tied, whereupon yet never man set. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, what do ye? Loose him. Uh, thus shall, uh, wh- uh, why do you lose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way and found, even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosing the colt, the owner uh, said unto them, why loose ye the colt? Colt. Let me grab some. My nose is running. Got a cold going on. But I said, why loose ye the colt? Uh, and they said, the Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt, and Jesus, uh, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, uh, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude and the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees, man, there's always somebody there trying to stop everything that happens. And some of the Pharisees from among uh, the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Boy, that's a, that's a thing you're going to ask him to do. Ask somebody to quit giving him glory. Uh, it's hard enough to get people to give him glory. But anyways, we'll go on. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if they, these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, we pray that you bless the message, and Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Have a seat. Uh, you know what? Uh, sometimes we just do not praise God the right way. Uh, we let this world get in the way. I mean, it gets in the way, and it starts eating at us, and our trials and tribulations. Everybody's got trials. Everybody's got tribulations. Uh, I like somebody said, uh, uh, what do they say, how they say it? Uh, suck it up, buttercup. Uh, we got to learn how to suck up some things in life and just realize life is what it is. Uh, I, I would love to have roses. I don't really like roses. Uh, any kind of other flower, probably. But you wake up in the morning and it's like birds tweeting and all that stuff. It just doesn't happen like people think it's going to happen. Life is what it is. And uh, until you get to the place where you understand what life is all about, you'll never really see Jesus for what he is. Man, I thank God for Jesus Christ. I had a rough life all the way up to the time I was 22. And at 22, I got saved, and guess what? My life stayed about the same after that. Uh, I got saved, and the Lord saved me, and I went on, and I learned life is not what it is. There are some people that's going to excel past other people. There are some people that's going to get rich, and some of us are going to stay poor. That's just the way it is. Uh, some are going to get new cars, and some of us got to drive around on rust buckets, man. I mean, that's just what happens. Uh, some are going to live in big houses. Some don't live in big houses. Some of them can do whatever they want to do, and others struggle uh, all through their lives. Some people get sick. Some people don't. We got Brother Don's in the hospital down there right now, and y'all keep him, Don Poland, y'all keep him in prayer. I mean, he's, he doesn't look really, really good. He's got pneumonia, and, and they had to draw fluid off his lungs, but 
I mean, you're talking about one thing after other, after other. Uh, he has dialysis three times a week, and you think you got a problem? Three times a week, this man goes in for a dialysis. Now he's got a tube hanging out of him, sucking the fluid off of his lung. Uh, he can't hardly walk. He can barely speak. He's got to breathe oxygen in. I'm telling you, and you got a problem? No, seriously, we have no problems. Jesus Christ, I like verse 40 here. 40 is a great verse. And he answered and said unto them. I mean, he comes down to where he's riding into the town on a donkey. Great, man. It's, I like donkeys. I like Balaam's ass. People say, oh, you should say hey, Balaam's donkey. No, it says ass in the Bible. That's what it is. It's a donkey. It's an ass. I don't, I'm not afraid of some of the words. It's biblical words. I don't have a problem with them. We, we want to change them in all the new translations. Forget it, man. I don't want to change nothing. Leave it like it is. His donkey talks. Jesus Christ says in this verse right here, says, and he's answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, even the stones would immediately, not just uh, casually come out and say, oh, well, I guess if they're not going to say something, I should. That's what most people do. They, they sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And I'm like, pick me, pick me, let me say something, man. I'm like, here, I could imagine if, if the Lord is saying, well, he doesn't even have to say it. It already happened. A donkey talked one time to a guy and told him that, hey, you moron, there's an angel right there getting ready to cut your head off, and I don't want to get your blood all over me. Do you not understand that? He goes, he's tried to tell you three or four times, and he tried to show him by beating him up against walls and everything else, and finally he lays down, and after he gets beat, he starts talking. A donkey does not have vocal cords like you and I have, so God had to ma magically, not magically, miraculously change that donkey in a few seconds to make him talk. Well, if he can do that, I don't really have a problem with him making rocks talk. Amen. I mean, he can do just about whatever he wants. Uh, mountains flee from him. Donkeys talk to him. Uh, mountains, he says, when he comes to mountains, will flee before him. Let him go to him. And the sea calms at his rebuke. Now, I've been out in the ocean. Uh, that's part of my book. I think it's chapter 8, uh, <laughs> paragraph 14. Uh, <laughs> I got a sermon on that in there, one, one of the 101 sermons he's writing about. Uh, but, but I've watched the, the sea, and I'll tell you what, I've been out there, and I've heard a lot of people say a lot of things about what was going on in that ocean. It never calmed down until it just calmed down. He's standing out there walking on the water. As a matter of fact, he's walking on it while it's rough. And he don't really even care, man. He's just out there chilling out, having a good time. And then Peter's got the problem, all the rest of Peter. And then he says, peace, be still. And it does, man. At, at, a, at a rebuke of his mouth, it drops down. He, he calms uh, maniacs down. You say, well, I've got a mental problem. He calmed you down too. He went over and talked to a maniac. He could dare 2,000 devils in him. Kicked him out. It's not always devils are a problem. It could be some other things. And here, he says the stones would immediately cry out. You got a problem glorifying God? I'm going to tell you, man, if you don't glorify God, you got a problem. What's the difference between a stone? He says right here, he says the stones would immediately cry out. There's a difference between a rock and a stone. Most of us are rocks. I mean, we're just rocks. We're bricks. I mean, we're bricks. A, a rock is any natural material, hard or soft, consisting of one or more minerals. A stone, a small, hard, solid, movable, non-metallic mineral matter. You know, a rock could be a pretty big thing, man. Uh, the rock of Gibraltar, I've been about it several times. Uh, it's pretty big. It sticks out in the middle of the Mediterranean. You can't seem to move it. It just sits there. Water can't move it. It just stays there. It probably wears on it. <clears throat> but a little stone, man, will be tossed all over the place. You know what you want to become is a stone? You know, Peter's, Peter was called a stone. He wasn't a rock. He says, upon this rock, I shall build my church. He wasn't talking about Peter. He's talking about himself. Cephas means stone. 
Stone means it's been tumbled and 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 wore and tumbled and tumbled. You ever feel like you just tumbled all the time? And wore out, just wore flat out. You know, God can't use you till you become a stone. He don't use rocks. He uses stones. That's why he said the stones would crowd. I believe if, I believe if those people had to shut their mouths and Jesus is riding. We're talking about Jesus Christ riding into town on that donkey. First of all, I think the donkey would have started talking. And I think the stones would have said, praise God, hallelujah. It's Jesus Christ, the son of the king. I believe they'd have done that. Amen. You know why I believe that? Because he said it. And he pretty much can do whatever he wants to do. A stone is a small thing. Uh, the size, a rock is huge, comparatively large, gets hard, can't move. Uh, that's a lot of Christians are that way. Man, they just as hard as a rock, huge, can't move. We eat too much anyways. That's a good Baptist, man. And we can't move and we refuse to move off of what we think we think is right. You know, sometimes what you think is wrong. Sometimes what I think is wrong. You got you to be movable. You got to be movable to some degree. A, a stone by comparison is really, really small. A, a big rock is immovable. Little stones can be movable. Uh, the material, rock is hard, either hard or soft, but after a while, a stone, if you ever picked up little round stones or pebble, they're smooth as anything, but they're, they have now got rid of all the soft stuff and everything else. I mean, they are, they are useful for something. And, and if you go through your Bible and just casually look up some stones, there are some interesting things. Get, take your Bible. Let's just do a little study tonight. Just go to Judah, or Judah, <laughs> Jacob. Go, go to Genesis 28. Genesis 28. It's all good. There should probably be a book of Judah. Jacob. Jacob is a good guy, man. He's a wicked devil. Caniver. Thief. Liar. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't get him. It says Genesis 28.10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba, went toward Haran, and, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night and because the sun was set, and he, and he took a, of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. And he laid down in that place to sleep. Could you imagine if stones could talk what those stones would say? Man, Jacob was tossing and turning all night. Well, he had to have stones. He had more, more than one. He said he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. I don't know about you, but I, I, I like a hard pillow, but I don't think I like something that hard. But if that, that stone could talk or those stones could say anything, and, and uh, you could say, hey, man, you're making this up. Jesus Christ said the stones talked, could talk. Then you might be surprised when we sit at the judgment seat of Christ someday that he don't pull a rock up, a big old stone, and it starts spilling out everything you ever said or ever did. You might have a pile of rocks all around you where you've done stuff that you shouldn't have done, and those rocks are going to start talking uh, if you don't spill your guts, something else will. He, he's got it recorded. You don't have to worry about that. And he took of the stones. <coughs> it said, verse 11, and he lighted upon a certain place, <clears throat> tarried there all night because the sun was setting. He took of the stones and put them for pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. Verse 16 says, and Jacob awoke out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. What made him think that? Something, something got a hold of Jacob while he was dreaming, man. He started having dreams. He got on them rocks, and them rocks probably whispering in his ear. <laughs> hey, you know what the Lord's doing? Think about this, man. And he started osmosis, man. He gets that thing in his ear, and he starts dreaming dreams, and, and they're putting thoughts in his head, and the rocks are just saying this and this, and Jacob's starting to, got me getting scared, man. He's, he's seeing angels ascending and descending on a ladder all the way to the throne, and he's like, something is really weird about this place. You know what he's, the only thing here he talks about? Some stones. 
Emstone said, yeah, man. So Jacob laid his head on me. I know Jacob is a mess. Boy, he, he, I mean, he's a chosen of God. And God used him. And although he's a messed up, he said, God had to take Jacob and turn him into one of us one day. He had to take the rough edges off of him and, and make him round and smooth and, and get him to where he'd do the right thing. And boy, remember that time when he goes down the future there, some of the stones, but Jacob wouldn't, he, he said, no, 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 you can't take Benjamin. You can't take Benjamin. I've already lost Joseph. You can't take Benjamin. You know, a lot of times we'll lose stuff and we'll say, oh God, you can't take nothing else from me. Hey, everything is his. Everything that's his is his. None of it's yours or mine. He can take whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants it. And you know what you need to do? You need to let some of the edges come off and, and be a little more pliable because he just might be trying to turn you into a stone to be used by him. You say, well, I don't know about that. I, I, Jacob, man. He said, Jacob rose early in the morning, verse 18, and took of the stones that he had put for his pillows. He thought those stones were pretty impressive. He said, I'm going to, and he said, he, and he made, set it up for a pillar and poured oil on it. Joshua, go to uh, Joshua 4.1. I put all these in order just so you can just thumb through your Bible. If you've been reading your Bible, this wouldn't be too hard for you. You'd know right where the books are. If you hadn't been reading your Bible, shame on you. I like stones, man. Jesus Christ said the stones would cry out. Joshua, man. Lord tells him, go across the River Jordan. 4.1. I didn't pass it up, man. Got in a hurry. <coughs> I like Joshua. Joshua, you ever read your Bible and just looked at the characters in the Bible and, and see what God sees in them? Uh, I like that passage. One of my favorite, I'm telling you, the favorite, one of my favorite ones is over here. He says, though Job, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were there. And I'm sitting there going, there's some special things about those three men that God looked at and thought more about those three men in that particular scenario that was going on. He said, well, what's going on? And Ezekiel's talking about it. If these three men are here, nobody else in the world, Ezekiel, wouldn't get himself out of this mess. Only these three men would do it. You know, if you ever stop and look at those three men, what those three men did that were different than everybody else, it changed your life. See, you want to be like God? Then be like God. It's simple. He wouldn't ask you to do something you can't do. He gives you example after example after example after example after example. And he goes, and you know what the problem is? I got to get rocks to talk to me sometime. People won't do it. Joshua 4.1, it says, And it came to pass when the people were clean pass over Jordan. Here's Joshua, man. And now could you imagine if the stones could talk? If they could. These 12 stones he's getting ready to pick up, they're laying on the bottom of the Jordan River. The Jordan's overflowed at this time and over the banks. And, and all they see is a dark, dingy sky going up. And they go, yeah, it was, it was dark and dingy, man. Everything was dark. And it's always been dark and dingy. Uh, we're just down here at the bottom, and it just goes dark and dingy. Uh, they may have a conversation with themselves. You say, Mike, this is a crazy man. No, it's not. Here's these 12 stones sitting down here on the bottom of the ocean, of the lake, or the river, the Jordan River. And Joshua comes up, and the Lord says, do your thing, and the water splits. As soon as the Levites touch that thing with their foot, the water goes away. And here's all these stones down in the sunlight. If a stone, if those stones could talk, they would say something like this. It was dark and dingy, and then the light came. I mean, it was bright. It was, we'd never seen nothing like that ever, man. I mean, it's just like bright everywhere. And then all these guys were stomping all over us. We seen foot, bottom of the foot. It'd get a little dark every now and then. They'd put their foot on our face. But we're stones, man. We can take that. You know, sometimes you need to learn how to take a few things. You need to learn how in life things just aren't always perfect. 
But these particular 12 stones, out of all the stones that were down on the bottom of that, it wasn't just 12, it was a whole bunch. These particular 12 were picked out. Those stones were thought they were kind of special. How come when you get saved, you don't think you're kind of special? You were picked out by the hand of God. Although you, it's free will, and you chose to get saved. You chose that. You're not, this is not Calvinism in any shape, form, or fashion. He put the things in front of you. You chose Jesus Christ. Why don't you or us, why don't we look like we're special to him? Could you imagine them stones? Everybody else thinks, oh, it's just that. No, 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 no. These stones like, man, man, I got picked up by Dan, one of the tribe of Dan. And I got picked up by one of the tribe of Judah. <laughs> I got picked up by one of the tribe of Manasseh. Hey, I got picked up by Ephraim. Well, Ephraim got some problems. But anyways, he still picked me up, man. He carried me all the way across. Got across the other side. And it goes right on right here. And he says, take you 12 men out of the, out of the people, one out of every tribe of a man, and command ye them, saying, take ye hence out of the midst of the, the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet, uh, foot, uh, feet stood firm, 12 stones. And just not little bitty ones. I mean, they carried some, probably some fairly good sized stones to the other side. They've been rolling on the bottom of that ocean or the, that river, man, just rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, rolling. Smooth edges, the whole thing. <clears throat> now they're usable. How long were they on the bottom before the Lord came through there? A long time. Long time. Sometimes they're just there. They're just there. And, and, and sometimes, you know, they'll never get picked out. And sometimes, we as Christians never get picked out, and, and we sometimes feel like, oh, Lord, you just don't know. You're still exactly what he wants you to be and always available for him to be used, used of him at any given time he wants. This particular day, Joshua comes across. They pick the 12 stones up. When they get to the other side, they stack all the 12 stones up. You know, they probably stacked the bigger ones on the bottom and had the smaller ones on the top so they can make a pillar. And sometimes, you know, there's stones at the bottom that need to be stronger, that are bigger and heavier and, and more sturdier than the stones at the top. The top ones all get the glory. Everybody sees the top ones, but the bottom ones are what's holding everything up. He said, make a pillar there. He said, why? He said that in the future, they can look back at that pillar and say, this is what happened here. Because if you don't say it, stones could. The stones will speak for what went on here if you don't say it. You know what, what's wrong with us? We had the greatest thing in the world happen to us, and we hold back what's happened to us. We're, we're afraid. One of the other chapters in that book Jerry was talking about was that chief's mess. And there was a lot of Christian men in there that never said a word. I would have never in my life known that they were Christian men until I got my hide tore off. And then I think the Lord actually looked at them guys and said, you bunch of whiny crybabies. Navy chiefs, senior chiefs, master chiefs, men, supposed to be men. And there's some Navy SEALs in there. And not a single one of them would I ever known. My chief was in there, and he's a Navy SEAL. I did not know any one of them was a Christian. Not one of them. I get my hide tore off and refuse to go back, and then them guys, half of them guys start coming out of the woodwork, and they were Christians. You know what they did? They forgot to yell out the glory to God. Yeah. Don't you think God can take care of you? Yeah. He got me to be a chief. If I can make chief, surely anybody can. I had a master, old master chief look at me and said, how would you get through? What he was talking about is how does a Christian get through become chief? We stop people like you. You know what this world wants to do is stop you. You know what God says is they can't. I like it, man. I like, I like screaming out. I like hollering out about Jesus every now and then. Go, go to 1 Samuel 17. Joshua set some stones up, man. They, they would cry out, look what we did, man. We got picked up. If you won't cry it out, he will. 1 Samuel. 
17.4. There's some stones, man. Jesus said, if you don't, those people that gave the glory, Christ, when he said to the Pharisees, because they got hard, like adamant stones, they're just hard as rocks or hearts hard. They wouldn't ever say anything. Oh, let's be, I hate it when people say, well, we should. I was in a church one time, man. I still remember that church. I sit on the front row right down here where these girls are. I might have been sitting on that side over here. I don't know if they had boys and girls on different sides. I don't know. I was in the Navy. I didn't. I was up in Norfolk or up in uh, uh, Chicago, uh, Waukegan. <clears throat> and I was sitting over there, man, and I was singing, just like I sing right here, right here, no different. Uh, probably a lot worse, maybe better. My voice is better back then. Uh, not a whole lot better. It's still terrible, but it's, it, that's what I was doing. I was, I was singing, man. Amazing grace. I can't only do it right now. My voice is gone. And everybody else in that church is like, amazing looking at me like, that guy's disrupting our service. <laughs> Y'all ever heard Dr. Peacock talk about that lady coming, uh, I'm satisfied. That was me right there, man. I mean, I was just happy. I was just happy to be in church on a Sunday morning, and I got Jesus Christ, and, and I don't need to be in the back row. I was on the front row, right there in the front row, and I, I thought, right there is where I need to be, man. Get spit on, all that good stuff right there, man. Everything happens up front. That's where I want to be. And I'm sitting there singing, and they're all looking at me like, you need to go away and never come back because you're interrupting our service. <laughs> but there's a guy in the back, he's backslidden. And he comes up after church when I'm outside. He says, where are you from? And that's the guy I gave the one Dr. Ruttman tape, and he gave me four Bob Alexander tapes, Dr. Bob Alexander. And come to find out Dr. Bob Alexander uh, got all his stuff from Dr. Ruttman anyways. I was wondering why he was so good. I thought, man, is there somebody else like Dr. Ruttman? Uh, I said, man, this guy just sounds just like Dr. Ruttman. Then I found out, I was talking to Mrs. Eastep one time, and she goes, oh, yeah, he orders all his stuff from PBI through us, so he doesn't have to put his name down at Bible Baptist Church in Pensacola. For Some people are just scared. They're scared to have acquaintances of certain people because they're afraid they will look bad. I don't really care, man. I like Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. I think he's a great man. I think, you know, he does eat chicken bones and eats the marrow out of them. I don't do that, but... Hey, he does a lot of stuff. I do stuff. He does. I don't really care, man. I don't look at the man's side. I look at the side God used. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here today, man. I probably would, but not here exactly. David, 1 Samuel 17, 40, or 17, 40, yeah, verse 40. And he said he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones. He went down that brook. And here's this brook, man, just flowing. A brook is more of a faster flowing little creek, maybe. And it just keeps moving. I don't know how big their brooks were over there. <coughs> but... These stones were always tumbling. And the stones here probably were inside of a mountain one day. And the, the brook spring started coming out. And the stones started coming down the mountainside. And coming down through just tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. And, and, and then one day they're out right there just about where David needs to be. And uh, they come up. Never thought in a million years. You say, well, stones don't think. Jesus said, if you don't say something, they'll immediately cry out. Those stones sitting there going, he picked me. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, you ought to be excited just to be the rock that gets to go in Goliath's head. That rock's probably going to be in heaven. Probably on a billboard right up there, man. It's going to be flat and smooth and thin. And it's just, he says, I was tumbling down the brook, then it got real bright, got all dry. Next thing I know, it gets dark, gets put in the sling. I get around, 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 around. I feel like I'm at home again because I'm coming down the brook. And then I'm slung across the air, and I feel the air going across my flowing stone surface. And, and the next thing I know, I just penetrate this hard brick head, and I just sit there, and this guy falls flat on his face and drives me in even further. 
He goes, man, it was great. He goes, I got to be picked by David of all the stones. I mean, he, he got five of them. He got five of them. But of the five, he got me. And I got to be, brethren, you know, why are we that excited about being part of Jesus Christ's work? You know what this world needs to see? They need to see that. That not buildings, and he said, these stones, all these stones, they said, look at this building. Oh, now they're all the, he said, oh, this will be torn down, man. This doesn't mean, you know what matters is a little lady with two mites. That's what matters. A dead guy in a tomb, I'm going to talk about him for a minute. A dead guy named Lazarus in a tomb, that's what matters. Not, not the tomb, the dead guy in the tomb that's not going to be dead. That's what matters. David, man, he threw that rock. How about Elijah? I like Elijah, man. That's a great story. He's up on the side of the mountain. And he's up here, and he, I mean, there's 900, 850 people against him right off the bat, plus everybody else is against him. The whole mess is against him. You're talking about an underdog, man, Elijah. Them rocks are sitting over here just ready to cry out. Elijah is just taking, he's, he don't need nobody to cry out for him. You know why? He's crying out already. He's making the noise he needs to make. If, if there wasn't anybody up there, them rocks could have cried out on that altar that was broken down. Elijah knew that altar was broke down. That's why he chose that spot. He said, nope, 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 ain't going to do it. He said, you guys going to do your thing. Ah, play around, do whatever you want to do. Them rocks had a story to tell. Look at the heaven, man. Them rocks are just, I mean, you should have seen Elijah. It was great. Man, he was up against everybody. Everybody's against him. I like to be the underdog. Underdog's a cool place to be. You know who your enemies are. They're everybody. <laughs> it's cool, man. I mean, you, I can't, you can't even explain it until you get there and you know you're, the Lord is right behind you, kind of pushing you this way, going out there. I got you, man. I mean, even if you die, you're coming to heaven. So who really cares? Uh, just go out there and stand on your own two feet like a man and stand up, man. Gird up your loins. You know what's wrong with us? So many times they were like, oh, man. Oh, man, I don't know if I can survive the morning and get out of bed. Uh, is the coffee going to be too hot or too cold? Oh, is it, is it going to have cream? No, you drink it black. You never drink coffee with nothing in it, but it's coffee. Otherwise, go get your glass of milk. Out of a cow, man. <laughs> People go to Starbucks. I watched us do it. Not me. I would never do it. And come out with a, like a, a lemonade. I mean, it's, I said, it's, that's why it's... A queer play. Oh, no, <laughs> Coffee should be black. You say, how do you know that? Well, the Lord showed me that one time in a steel factory. In the middle of winter when it's nice and cold, you'll realize real quick that you ain't got time to put cream and sugar in your coffee because you're freezing. You have, to, you have to eliminate something, and I'm not eliminating the coffee. That's the only hot thing I got, and I ain't going to waste time about it anymore. I'm getting rid of the cream right off the bat. I used to drink cream and sugar in my coffee. Got rid of it. Got rid of the cream. I ain't got time. It's freezing cold in here. My hands are freezing. I'm freezing. I'm tired. I need something hot. Then I got rid of the sugar. I just started drinking it black, man. <laughs> so I'm a, I've been drinking it black ever since. You know, after a while, you, you get a taste to it. But the stones, man. David, David picked these stones out in this stone. Elijah has upon his, it says in 1831, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes. There's a reason why he took them, man. These 12 stones out of all the stones there. Twelve of them were chosen, special stones. If those stones could speak, they would say exactly that. Thank God, man, Elijah touched me. Man, I tell you what, I'm a brick, I'm a rock, I'm a stone. After four, uh, 43 years of this, I've been, I had some edges wore off. And man, I am sure glad the Lord chose to call me, to even give me his presence known to me, that I could even come to him one day and, and know him as my Lord and Savior. 
And if he never uses me, and I mean, there's times when the devil tells me all the time, you're useless, you're no good, you'll never be worth anything. And I start thinking, yeah, you're right, man, you're right. I said, but wait a minute. He chose me. And it don't matter whether I am anything forever, man. I'm already chosen. I am predestined before the foundation of the world in Christ. I'm already on my way to heaven. As a matter of fact, you're on your way to hell. Why am I listening to you anyways? You know, sometimes you got to just, do you believe your Bible? I just like my Bible. My Bible gets me through all kinds of stuff. I can't listen to people because people, they all are different. But my Bible's always the same. It says, just trust me. And when you feel bad, trust me. And when you don't feel, I feel like some of these rocks sometimes. David sits there and he picks up, Elijah's up there and he he takes these 12 stones and says, the son of Jacob, of whom uh, the word of the Lord came saying, uh, Israel shall be thy name. He chose him for a reason. And with these stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and made a trench. And boy, you talking about glory. (laughs) Those 12 stones with what Elijah did changed everybody up there. Uh, 850 people died real quick, which is good. Uh, those men should have went away. They, they, they deceived the nation of Israel. But boy, those stones could have talked, man. He said, you ought to have seen Elijah. Well, he's preaching, man. He's up here. I'd have loved to have seen that. I'd have, boy, I'd have loved. I hope the Lord plays reruns. I don't know how he's going to do all the reruns in heaven. Uh, he might have movie theaters all over the heaven so you can go to either one. This is Elijah night and this is this night. <laughs> this is the David night over here. The David week or the David year, whatever it is. And you sit there and go to all those things, and man, and then one of these days you walk up and he's got the mic here. And he goes, this is, and the title of it is what Jerry said. <laughs> it's too long to say. And nobody will go there because they can't read the title, so they'll just walk away and go somewhere else. But Elijah, man, those stones would sit there and say he was sitting there and everybody was against him. And he just stood there. He's like us, just as hard as a stone. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't budge either way. He's just like us. And, and all of a sudden, man, he said, hey, the one that can bring fire down, that's the one. That's the God. That's your God right there. If, I, if your God can't bring fire down, he ain't, you, he ain't worth nothing. And Elijah and the stones are sitting there. He's just like us, man. He never moved. He knew exactly what he was saying, and his trust was in our God Amen. who made us. You know why the stones would call out? Because their creator made them. There's a tree one time he cussed and he cursed and he said, no more fruit. And that tree withered up and died. Trees listen to him. He's the creator. Man, there are some things about the things he created that we'll never know until you get to heaven. They're his things. Darius. I like Darius, man. Darius, King Darius. Good guy, man. Daniel chapter 6, 16. Go there real quick. We're getting down to the end of this thing. Maybe sometime tomorrow. I like, man, your Bible is just a great book. Daniel chapter 6. Darius, it says in the, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be set, which should be over the whole kingdom and of, over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first. Boy, you're talking about some people getting mad. Daniel chapter 6. You're talking about some people getting mad. Here's Daniel. He's done everything just like Jesus Christ. He's done everything, man. He's, he, he, uh, Bel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Didn't even know what the dream was. He said, tell me what the dream is or I'm going to kill you. Now, man, that is, that is like, that's kind of unreasonable. No. Nebuchadnezzar knew that if there's a God in heaven, he could tell me what that dream was. 
And if you can't tell me what that dream is, you're a liar. Well, you know, I think a lot of that about people who can't tell me that the Bible's Word of God. Because you apparently don't know the same God I do. If, if, if he would take his time to show me that that's the book, and before Bible college, before anything, the first four years of my life, he took and, and just shredded everything and showed me that thing was the, before he started with me to do anything, man, he's tumbling me all over the place saying, get rid of this and 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 get rid of this. And the edges started getting smooth. And boy, when he goes dumps the King James Bible back in my life, there was no doubt this thing was the word of God. How in the world could we ever get to the place where we want to be with God and make decisions on this world based on our flesh and not on the Word of God? My flesh wants to do all kinds of things. The Word of God says, no, you can't. But Lord, no, it says no. I mean, no. Well, I, well, I, I just won't go and ask it. That's the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life. I, I'd much rather take the advice here any day of the week. He goes, it pleased Darius. And he set Daniel over the three. Then Daniel was preferred above the presidents. Why? Because Daniel could get the job done. It wasn't Daniel, it was God. And it was the God of Daniel that got the job done. But down in, in verse uh, 16, it says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel. They, they tricked the king, and he didn't know it. He trusted some of his servants, and they came up and said, Oh, you king, make his rule, and all this other stuff. And, and he made the rule, and then... Then they came up and said, oh, Daniel's not following that rule. Boy, I just hate people like that. Bunch of cry, whiny crybabies is all they are. This world's full of them. Churches are full of a lot of them, too. I'm not saying none of y'all are. Y'all are all good people, man, just halos and all that other stuff. But they always want something more than what God, you know, all the stones ever used in the Bible were chosen at the time they were supposed to be chosen. And the Lord knew right where they were at. He didn't have to send it. David, those five stones that had been rolling down there was sitting. They weren't just sitting there forever. They were from someplace else, and the brook brought them down to where David was. And right where David needed to be, those were where those five stones were sitting there. And David picked them up, and he used them. You say, what is that? I think the hand of God was in that thing. I think the hand of God is in the most smallest things of our lives, if you just let him get in there. There he says, then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel. He said, you made a decree, O king. You're going to throw them in the lion's den. Now the king's kind of stuck. Sometimes you say stuff, you got to watch what you say because you can't back the thing out all the time. You know what the church is lacking today is people with character. You say you're going to do something, you don't do what you say. God's looking down. You know what? You got some rough edges. The book tells you exactly what to do. I like that book, man. That thing tells you all kinds of stuff. I don't like 90% of what it says. But boy, I know, I know the author who said it, and I know it's right. And that's my flesh who don't like the 90%. Man, my spirit is going, amen, praise God, hallelujah. Because uh, if it didn't do that, the rocks next to me would be saying something. It says, now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God, whom thou, thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Verse 16. And it says, and a stone was brought. They threw Daniel in the lion's den, and they brought this big old stone. They covered that lion's den up, and it got dark in there. If that stone could talk, boy, what would it say? I watched Daniel all night. Man, I wish you could have been there. That stone's probably going to be in heaven. He goes, I watched Daniel all night, man. He's just laying there in that den, all curled up to them big old lions. Them guys licking him all over, cleaning him up like his little kitten. Daniel's sitting there just snuggling all up, getting all nice and warm. And one of the lions looked at him and said, 
You said, you think a lion talks? Yeah, well, I talked to Daniel, man. I said, Daniel, you cold? He goes, he said, let me cover you up with my, my big old mane here. He said, you cold on this? Yeah, yeah, I'm cold over here too. And next thing you know, man, they, they built him a little like a, a lounge chair with lions, a lion, a lion chair. And Daniel's down there all chilling out and everything. Next morning, man, the king comes. And uh, it, it, you go on and read the next verse. He says, and it came to pass, and he said, then the king went to his palace all night long, worried. Daniel wasn't worried. Then said Daniel, well, verse 20 says, and, the, and when he came to the den, before the stone was ever removed, he's, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, you know who's praising right now? The king is. He says, Daniel, I can't save you, but I know your God who's greater than everybody can. He goes, I know you're down there, Daniel. Let me hear your voice. Are you down there? Did he get you, Daniel? Daniel goes, oh, king, how you doing up there, man? The rock stayed silent. Didn't need to, didn't need to preach, man. Why? The king already did it. Between him and Daniel, everybody got the picture. Those people who had Daniel thrown in there, they got the picture too. They didn't like it. Take your Bible. Let's do another one. Oh, man, it's getting, I'm getting to the end of this thing now. Man, it's okay. Daniel was great, man. That dead, I like that, man. I just like that story. Go to John 11. John 11. Two more and I'm done. John 11. Stones. Jesus said stones called. Jesus stones. Brother, I think we're going to answer for a lot of stuff when we get to heaven. And the Lord's been recording a lot of stuff around us. And he tells us all the time. And he shows us what he can do. <coughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all. Story of Lazarus. Lazarus is put in a... Uh, in verse 33, 11:33, he's already, uh, he dies. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, he sees Martha weeping and, and Mary weeping, he says, and the Jews also weeping, he came, uh, which came with her. He groaned in spirit and was troubled and said where they laid him. And Jesus wept, verse 35. And Jesus came, uh, Jesus therefore, again, verse 38, groaning in himself. You know, he cares about you. Here's a dead man. That man's already in Abraham's bosom. If, if the Lord just didn't do anything, Lazarus would have been in Abraham's bosom. Uh, he would have been a much better place. But he was hurting for everybody that was around him that was hurting for Lazarus. You know, sometimes we forget that God really cares. Does Jesus care? Uh, yeah, he does. You can bet money he does. He's watching everything you go through. You are like the only one on the planet to him. And then the other ones, you're like the only one on the planet to him too. He can handle uh, all of us at one time. But so many times we let this world get in the way and we think that we have to do this and we do this and we waste our time and spend our wills trying to do everything this world tells us to do so we can be successful. And World War III can break out tomorrow and you lose everything you got, man. When, when the end of the war was over in Germany, they were pasting marks on the wall. The money they had was useless. You want something newer? Go to Iraq. The money over there was useless and still is. I don't care how much money you think you're going out and make. Anything you got, it's not yours. It's, it's somebody owns it out there, man. They can take it anytime they want. 1133. 39, Jesus said. Take away the stone. Boy, that stone, they rolled that thing over Lazarus's grave, and Lazarus was bound in there. If that stone could talk, it says, man, it was pretty quiet in there. I was expecting him to start stinking, but he didn't stink. 
You say, well, you're a rock. How are you going to know he stinks? Well, rock, how do you know rocks don't have noses? You don't know that. He said they speak. If they speak, that's right below the mouth, the nose. <laughs> they might have a nose too, and they might have eyeballs. They have to have something because if they've seen Jesus go by and they're going to cry out, they had to know it was him. How could they know it's him if they can't see him? Brethren, there are some things that go on in the fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth dimension that we'll never even know until you get to heaven. I mean, the Lord knows all that stuff. He tells us all that stuff. You say, You're, this is a stretch. Of course it's a stretch. Do you know Jesus is a stretch? He, he said, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and everything science has told you, the universe is hundreds of billions of light years across, and you're like in heaven right there. He, he dissolves the elements. The elements mean nothing to him. I have not seen nor ear heard nor in the hearts of men the things that God had prepared. You could not. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Don't even try to think like me. Just do what I tell you. He goes, I'm going to come down and I'm going to think like you and tell you what you need to do so you can understand it. Amen. I was talking to Brother Rich today. I hope you don't get mad, but we were sitting there early, early this morning. Me and him was talking. And, uh, and, and he said he's reading numbers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, man, that's a crazy book, too. I said, whoever understands numbers. I said, if he had told me, praise God, hallelujah, I've got it down and I understand, I would have thought something's wrong with Rich. <laughs> he told the truth, man. He goes, this thing, man, like, what is this thing? I said, it's like First Chronicles, man. That's what it's like. <laughs> I said, you just read it. Nobody tells you you got to understand it, man. I said, you know what? We're just a bunch of rocks, man. <laughs> you just read it and absorb the best way you can. John, boy, he's sitting here back in John. Lazarus is sitting here inside that tomb, and if that rock could talk. It was just dark and dingy. That side of the rock. He goes, the other side of the rock. But I don't know if a rock has, probably if it has a face, it probably had the face turned to Lazarus. <laughs> I don't know if a rock has multiple faces or if it's just to pick it up anywhere. But looking at that tomb, dark and dingy, and here's Lazarus laying over there, not moving. And they said they heard a voice. I heard a voice on the outside say, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And he told them they had to roll that stone away, and they rolled that stone away. And that stone said, man, that guy just kind of levitated off of that thing and, and was up. And he was still bound in grave clothes, just levitating out of there. And, boy, these stories are going to be told one day, and you're going to see that stuff. And the people that was around watching that thing, if they don't give God the glory, the stones would. Because they see the hand of God in that thing. And the, the hand of God is so important and valuable in our lives that if you don't say it, the creation that he created would. <clears throat> Why? Because they go, he made me. Finally, I'll do this one. I'll, I'll stop. Well, I got two more. 19, John 1940. John 1940. Man, we're getting ready to come up on Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Joseph Arimatheus and... And Nicodemus, Nicodemus is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Shows me even smart people can get in. Uh, sometimes you wonder about that, man. I'm, I'm glad I was always dumb. But Nicodemus is a smart man. He's the ruler of the Jews, man. Uh, Jesus recognized that. I mean, if the Lord tells you that you're a ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus came to him by night, and, and he's, he's out there. He's like Paul. I mean, he's up there. And Nicodemus comes to him and says, Lord, I don't understand. He said, uh, I know you're from God. He goes, uh, the miracles you do, you, it can't be nothing but that. But he goes, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. And Nick didn't understand it. But down the road, man, him and Joseph gets together, Arimatheus. And Joseph, Arimatheus says, I got, I got this tomb in the garden. I think I've been there. Uh, I, I was in a garden one day, and, and the, the garden that they put me in over there was, uh, it could be any garden, people say that, but there was a cistern that there's a hole in the ground, and you look down in there, man, there's 
like 10 million gallons of water down there. And he goes, that thing just didn't happen overnight. And he goes, that's what you need for a garden. And only a rich man would have a cistern like that. And in the garden was a tomb, and there was a tomb over it carved into the wall of the, the little mountain there. And, and there was a stone that was rolled there, and, and the stone was huge, man. Uh, a stone, this stone was about that wide, a good foot thick. Well, the stone wasn't there. The, the groove where the stone would have been was, and it had a little lip on this side so the stone couldn't come out of the lip. So it ran in this trough back and forth. And, and they said this stone would have been a, a wheel of granite, uh, uh, eight foot in diameter, uh, a foot thick and weigh more than four tons. When you roll that thing over there, it ain't come, it ain't moving once you put it there. It's going to take a lot of men to roll it there. It's going to take a lot of men to get it off. <clears throat> the Pharisee says, uh, put some guards about it. <laughs> I like the way Pilate said, make it sure as you can. Because if he's really who he says he is, he ain't going to keep him in. I'm telling you, if he is the king of kings, you're going to have a problem. Go make sure you can. Don't matter. You know what? We, we sometimes, young people, the hardest thing for us, the, you guys were, and I had to learn the same thing. Uh, you're a rock with rough edges, and the edges have to be taken off, and it only takes time. It just takes time. You can't get them off any other way. Uh, they can't be polished off. They can't be that. It takes time. You can either do it by making mistakes in life, or you can do it by learning some things. And watching other people. What I've learned a long time ago, and I learned this at 22, is I watch other people. And I know how to make a mistake. I already made some by the time I was 22. I already made them. And I knew exactly what the problem was. The problem wasn't anybody else. The problem was me. And I was too stupid to listen to anybody. And I, I went on and did what I shouldn't do because I got in the flesh. And at 22 years old, I'm sitting there going, I done screwed up. <clears throat> and I don't want to mess up again. And the Lord said, well, I'm glad you decided to do that. He said, the first thing you need to do is get saved. I said, okie dokie. So that's what I did. Then he goes, the next thing you need to do is you need to learn the Bible's the word of God. But you ain't going to learn that overnight. It's going to take four years. And it took him four years. He put the Bible in my hand and took it out. And then he put it back four years later and said, this is it. It's like, it's like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other so he puts two King James Bibles and a New American Standard in the same hole. And he says, this one ain't like those two. Why do you think that? You know, this isn't a complicated thing. You'll hear people, well, in the Hebrew it says, that shows you right there, that's a moron. Yeah. Well, the Greek says, that's an idiot. So you got idiots and morons, they call themselves scholars. When you don't need that, you got God. Why would I need that? Why can't God show me that? I'm like, okay, I'll just trust God. <laughs> the rocks did. 1940 says they took the body of Jesus and wound it in, on linen clothes uh, with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now, in the place where, they, uh, where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in this place where he was at, it looked like uh, over here where they could have had a place where they could crucify people. It, is, it looked like a skull, place of the skull. And then over on, the, on this, it's a pretty good-sized area. I mean, over there was a garden and a, a hole cut inside the garden in the mountain there, and the cistern was there. And it says, uh, now in the place where they crucified, uh, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher where they, uh, never a man yet laid. There they laid uh, Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was not at hand. Joseph of Arimathea took him and put him in his own sepulcher, it said. And if that... If that Table. When I looked in there, there was not tables. There were just 
uh, cut out areas on the wall where you could lay bodies. And if that, that little stone area right there could speak, man, they said, man, the Lord was laying on me for three days. You know, here we are. I got saved in 1980. And I, I sit there and tell the Lord sometimes, Lord, I'm going to be sad when I get to the judgment of Christ and all the times I could have been speaking out for you that I didn't. And what you did for me, and you start looking at the glory that he's going to get about ready to give you. Uh, really, it's already yours. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about you getting anything. It's already there. It's been there since the foundation of the world. It's going to be there when you get there, and nobody's going to take it away. It's already there. If you're in this room tonight and you trust Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, it's already there. You're going to have a mansion, not a room, not a house, not a lean-to, a mansion. Uh, and when the Lord says a mansion, I'm pretty sure it's a mansion. Uh, and it's already there. And it's been well taken care of, groomed. You don't have to worry about dust or cobwebs or any of that stuff. It just isn't going to be there. But boy, them stones could say some things. My Lord laid on me for three days. The stone that they rolled across the door. I think the reason that stone ain't there anymore is because it isn't just somebody took it. It's that that stone was so precious that uh, when the angels rolled that thing away, they rolled that thing right into heaven. That thing is gone. It isn't even there no more. They don't even know what happened to that stone. That thing just disappeared. Mark 16, 1, it says, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary came to the place, and, and uh, she was trying to figure out who's going to roll the stone away. The stone was already rolled away. You know, it's amazing that, that stones can move at the handiwork of God, and sometimes we just don't. Brother, you know how important you are to, to Jesus Christ? A couple of days, we're going to, a couple of weekends, we're going to have Resurrection Sunday. And the Lord Jesus Christ laid in a tomb. And this, this stone right here, man, I'm telling you what. This, this, if he could talk, man, he goes, it was dark in there for three days and three nights. Not Good Friday. We went through Good Friday. Good Friday didn't even occur. It wasn't good. It was a sad day. That was my maker right there. He made me. That man laying right there made me. I'm sitting here, the, and if, if they could talk back and forth where he was laying, he goes, yeah, he's laying on me, and this is the one who made me. I mean, my molecules are his. He, he formed them, and each and every one of them, he made me. You know he made you? He formed you in the womb. He, he created the process that a man and woman can get together, and a little baby is formed in a womb. What a precious thing, man. You can't get any more precious than that. You don't think he takes care of that? He gave, he gave us the privilege to speak, and he never gave a rock that. And he said, if you won't, I'll get them to do it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's about one thing I don't want to happen in heaven is have a rock outspeak me. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but if I get an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, I want to tell them. I called that guy down. You say, well, it's just not telling. I called the guy down to camp today. I said, hey. Anything you need, you call me, and we'll help you get it done. Guess what? It's not just for our camp. It's for every other camp he does down there. Amen. We're helping him. You know what? That reaches out to other people. We may never even know. But there's going to be other people coming to that camp. There may be other kids that get saved That's right. and get to lay down in a room where they got some power and some air conditioning that we had a part to do. The Lord says, hey, will you do it? Well, yeah, me, I'm belly aching the whole time. But I told him I'd do it. So you know what you do? You go do it. 
And guess what? Next year, this all be in the past. You know one thing I learned in life? Is everything I ever did is in the past. And I still got a future, and I got some time left to do stuff in the future. Everything I did in the past is in the past. So I'm going to have to write a second book for everything that's occurred since that one stopped. Man, Jerry, Elizabeth, brought, Elizabeth gave me this thing. I have to repent. She gave me this thing on, I forget what it's called, because I haven't even looked at it that much, but it's to write a book about yourself. And, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even like writing anything. Uh, so uh, she's going to be on me, and we're supposed to write this book. I guess she wants it so when I die, they have something to say about me. I have no idea what it's there for. <laughs> I ain't got time to do that. <laughs> time flies, man. It flies. And you don't have time. All- Guess what? The Lord's recording all that stuff in heaven. And one of these days, I'm going to see it. And I can just imagine that rock being rolled away and Mary sitting there crying and, and the angel's sitting there. And the angel's praising God. It says, who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? Verse 3, Mark 16, 3. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. Entering in the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in long white garment, and they were frightened. I would be too. And he said unto them, be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth. Who do you seek tonight? She came to seek a man that was supposedly dead. She didn't, at that point, didn't know. She was still kind of a rock, rough edges, uh, didn't know everything. Brother, some of us are down the road a ways. I'm, I'm 43 years into this thing, and I shouldn't have all the rough edges that I had when I started 43 years ago. I should not have them. You know what I've noticed with a lot of Christians? They look just like the same rock they came from, they were hewn from. They, they haven't changed a whole lot. They're still the same. There are some changes. But boy, you go through trials and tribulations in your life, and you know what the Lord does? He starts smoothing them edges off, and he's trying to make you a stone to be used. You know why he went to Joseph of Arimathea? He knew he had a sepulcher hewn out of stone. And he knew Joseph had a rock made out of stone. And he knew nobody's laid in that thing yet. He goes, I don't go behind nobody. Where I go is new. And what I do is new. And what he did to you was new. And brother, it is new. It always be new. And what the devil hates. If you ever read the book of Revelation, you know what he hates? He hates you. Because you got something he will never be able to get. And you got it at the cost of a man who let the world do to him what they did. But three days later, you ain't touching him ever again. The stones would cry. You know why you need to praise God? Because if you don't, the stones will. The stones will cry out. I'm not going to let a stone ever outspeak me. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, thank you for this this time coming up. Lord, uh, thank you for that. We can remember, like Joshua, Lord, he put those 12 stones there on the riverbank when he came up out of the River Jordan. And uh, Elijah, Lord, set those 12 stones up up there for the altar. Lord, that's to do some remembering of, of us not forgetting of what happened. Lord, this, this time coming up of your resurrection is a time where you came out of the ground 2,000 years ago, Lord, and a little bit over 2,000 years ago, Lord, and you shed your blood at Calvary, but uh, once you did exactly what you were supposed to do, you rose from the grave. Lord, a, a grave couldn't hold you. The stone couldn't hold you. And, Lord, you came up. And, Lord, this is a time for us to remember what you have done. 
Lord, help us to never, ever get to a place where we'll let rocks yell out and scream for us. Help us to be like those people when you were coming into uh, Jerusalem, Lord, shouting and screaming. Don't, don't let us be like the Pharisees and the scribes, Lord, that's trying to hinder somebody from uh, having joy in the Lord. Uh, Lord, help us to always just be in, in it with them, Lord, shouting and screaming. And Lord, let this world see in us uh, our Lord and Savior. Lord, I look at creation. Lord, I see the trees and the birds and the sky and the, the rocks and the mountains and everything, and I can see your hand all in them. Uh, Lord, let this world see your hand in us. And Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen, amen, amen. Andrew, if you want to come. <clears throat>